Hello and welcome to Let's Talk with Bishop R.C. Blakes. R.C. is an author, empowerment teacher, and the proud pastor of the New Home Ministries of New Orleans, Louisiana, and Houston, Texas. His message circles the globe. His conversational and candid approach to challenging content makes him a relevant voice to all generations. Get ready for a life-changing transformational conversation. Hello, hello, hello. This is your pastor, R.C. Blakes Jr. And I am so excited about the word that I have to share with you today. I would love for you to invite someone to come in and to be a part of this amazing discussion today. You know, I believe in conversational ministry, uh, having um, the conversations that really matter. The Bible says that he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So it is my sincere belief that when we teach the word of God, we should teach people not only how to be saved, which is the primary thing through Jesus Christ, and not only to prepare people to live a sanctified life, and not only to prepare people to transition to heaven in eternity, but we should also teach people how to live practically on the planet. Because if you've lived for any length of time, you can attest to the fact that uh, living is not easy in terms of doing it right. And there are so many of us that uh, endure, um, you know, massive uh, levels of um, negativity, uh, dysfunction, because no one really taught us how to live. So today in this lesson, I want to talk about, you know, from a somewhat of a, a different kind of subject, stop messing with your own happiness. Stop messing with your own happiness. Now I can already hear those of you that are extremely religious and you know, you're to the letter and you're legalistic in your mind and you're more spiritual than everybody else. You know, you're saying in your mind right now, well, I'm not happy. I'm I'm joyful. Well, you know, when you really study that thing out, joy is is spiritual and it is necessary because joy empowers us to be able to go through some of the most difficult seasons. The joy of the Lord is my strength, right? But there's the spiritual aspects of life, but then there are the natural aspects of life. And in the, on the natural side, uh, happiness is important. Being able to wake up you know, not necessarily every day, but most of those days preferably, and to feel good about life and to feel happy and to feel connected to yourself and connected to uh, your God, in fact, your God and then yourself, and then being able to be connected to others in a, in a happy sense. You know, so I don't, I don't discount happiness like a lot of overly spiritual people do. And you see these people and they're claiming to be full of joy, but you can see that there is no 
happiness. They are miserable. They make everybody around them miserable. And they make the, the Christian walk look like, um, you know, uh, some sort of a prison sentence. I believe that the people of God should not only be filled with joy, but I believe that the people of God should also be the ones that um, master happiness. You know, when I think it was, uh, was Peter, uh, I think it was Peter, where the disciples were in prison and the Bible says at midnight, in fact, it was Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. Well, that was joy and happiness. Their joy elevated their happiness to a place that their happiness was no longer uh, mounted to happenings. Most people's joy uh, is mounted or connected to happenings. So whatever's happening makes them happy or not. Well, I want to talk about some things today that um, we do that interferes with our happiness signal. That if we learned better and if we did better, we could um, really elevate our days of happiness. You know the sad reality is that there are very few people we know who have gone for 24 hours, just 24 hours, actually happy. And why is that? That's not because, that's not because, um, you know, circumstances are just breaking out every day in these people's lives. No, it's not. It's because these are people who've never heard a conversation or a lesson like this, who are constantly tampering with their own happiness. Their mind is messing with their own happiness. You are disturbing, in most cases, your own happiness. And when you disturb your own happiness, you are looking around the room trying to blame something or someone else when the reality is you're doing it. You are stopping. You are messing with, should I say, your own happiness. Now, listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 17 and 22, and this is the amplified version. It says, a happy heart is good medicine, and a joyful mind causes healing. A happy heart is good medicine, and a joyful mind causes healing. Now, so that means, that says to me that happiness and joy are very important to my life. The two of them are like the bookends of my life. They keep everything, what do bookends do? Bookends keep everything that's between them where it's supposed to be, and bookends keep everything standing upright. So a happy heart is good medicine and a joyful mind causes healing. 
but a broken spirit dries up the bones. When you're just constantly miserable and you're just constantly negative. And you know, when you start dealing with this kind of stuff that I'm talking about, you become very sensitive to people and their spirit. And you know, I'm an, I'm an empath by nature. And so I pick up on the energy of people really quickly, really quickly. And when I'm around somebody and all they have is something negative or stressful, or full of anxiety, it makes me itch. You know, I, I, need, I need better energy than this because a broken spirit dries up the bones. And what is that saying? It dries the life out of you because the life is in the bones, the marrow of the bones, which is what really synonymous to the blood. You, you, the marrow of your bones begin to dry up. Trust me, you're dead. So there are certain things that I want to talk about really quickly, not, not extensively, not point one and sub points, but just hitting them point by point by point by point that I think will help you. Number one, help you see how you're messing with your own happiness. You got to stop letting circumstances dictate your pace. And these are things that we all do. You must stop allowing circumstances to dictate your pace. In other words, um, you know, if I get an elevated light bill, oh, I'm taking a dive. If somebody says to me, well, you know, um, I have tickets for a concert that you You've always wanted to see my, my I take a, a, you know, a spike or I take a, you know, I go high. And then somebody says, well, you know, so-and-so said this about you. You take another dive. You have to, you have to become more stable within yourself and for yourself than that. You know why that's important? It's because life is going to always throw you something different. You know, it's like a pitcher on the mound at a baseball game. He's going to change it up. Life is always changing it up with the intent of what? Causing you to strike out. The devil is busy. That's for real. That's not just, you know, church talk. The enemy comes against you. And then you have, quite honestly, then you have just natural life circumstances that are always twisting and winding, that if you allow these circumstances to dictate your pace, you will always be, you know, like, a, like an emotional schizophrenic. And I don't mean to make light of those of you that literally struggle with schizophrenia. You know, I'm sensitive to those things, but just illustratively, you're always, you know, you're, you're, you're in and out, you're, you're, you're up and down, you, you know, you're, yeah. Listen to what the Bible says in Philippians 4 and 6. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Be careful. You know what he's saying there? Be anxious for nothing. You know, um, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, what is, what is, the, what is the spiritual instruction there? How is he telling us to live? What he's saying to us is, life is going to throw all kinds of things at you. You're going to have desires. You're going to have fears. You're going to have, you know, uh, things that attempt to depress you, may even depress you for a moment. He says, but pause, time out. Don't be anxious about anything, but pray and ask and then thank God. You know, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, pray, you know, talk to God about it. Converse with God. Ask God. Put your supplications on the table. Ask God for what you need. And with thanksgiving, be with a grateful heart, being grateful for what God has already done for you, let your requests be made known unto God. And that's the way you should live your life. Pray about everything. Ask God for whatever you need and thank God for what he's already done and thank him for what he's going to do. And then surrender and submit to the sovereignty of God. But don't let your circumstances dictate your pace. You have to learn to have all kinds of uh, challenging and negative experiences come at you one after the other after the other and never allow that to dictate your pace. Paul and Silas were in that prison and they were what? Singing praises unto God because they didn't allow the circumstance to dictate their pace. Now, number two, uh, the second way we stop, we, we, we may stop messing with our own, <clears throat> excuse me, happiness. Stop taking toxic people seriously. Stop taking toxic people seriously. You know, you, you have to you have to you have to learn to uh, accept and see people um, for who they are and not allow them. Don't take them seriously, man. Don't 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 take don't take haters seriously. Don't take um, naysayers seriously. Stop taking toxic people seriously. And when you stop taking toxic people seriously, what will happen in most cases is that you won't take them at all. In other words, you'll change your circle. See, right now you have all of these toxic negative people in your life because uh, your broken consciousness says you need to be connected to them to have some value or to have some sense of identity or you need them to help you move to the next level and they're constantly draining your joy. They're constantly draining your peace. You have, you have to learn to recognize people for who they are and you have to be able to release people and let people go when they are clearly, when they are clearly uh, disagreeing with your happiness 
and your healthy mindset, when they're interfering with your mental health and your happiness, you have to let these people go, man. You have to dust your feet. And that, that does not say, well, you're not loving like Christ loved. Because even Jesus went to his own hometown. And when he discovered that those people were negative and they didn't receive him, the Bible says he went on away from them and he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. You have to learn to eliminate toxic people from your process. Because listen to this very carefully. You are not going to be able to do what you need to do and live the life that you need to live without having toxic people show up. It's just not going to happen. The higher you go in God, the more you strive and, and make advancements in life and the closer you get to God, the more you're going to discover haters are going to pop up from everywhere. And so you have to learn to be able to recognize them, not react to them, not, not participate in their foolishness, because even Jesus said, you're going to have all of these blessings with persecutions. There's no such thing as being blessed of God without being persecuted by men. So you're going to have to stop taking people so seriously. Let them say what they want to say. It doesn't matter. It's not going to change who you are. It should not alter how you feel. I don't take toxic people seriously. And, and you can imagine how many negative, toxic type people that show up in my life being as public as I am. You know, sometimes they make comments on, on uh whatever platforms I may be on socially, and I'll look at it and I'll laugh. Most of the time, I don't even delete it. I want everybody else to see who this person is because it does not matter to me. And there's some of you, you're messing with your own happiness by taking all of these people seriously. Why are you taking, I, I don't mean to put it this way, but why are you taking these clowns seriously? And that's what they are. Anybody that's sitting around intentionally trying to hurt somebody else, constantly trying to bring somebody else down is a clown. You want to bring somebody down, you automatically know you're a clown. Period. And I don't take you seriously. Imagine them with a red nose, big floppy shoes and big ears and pink, blue and yellow hair. How can you take that seriously? And they look as ridiculous as that when they spend their lives trying to hurt someone else. How can you hurt those that are safe in, the, in the, the hands of God? You're a clown, and I don't take you seriously. And nothing you say, nothing you do, is going to interfere with how I feel about me or life. You're not to be taken seriously. Third thing I would say to you, um, that you're doing to disrupt your own happiness is overloading yourself with unnecessary demands. Overloading yourself with unnecessary demands. You know, everything you see, you, you think you want. You know, spending money you don't have, committing yourself 
to do things for people that you really don't have the mental space or the actual time space to do, but you're committing yourself and now you're living your life overloaded because in many cases you're a people pleaser or in many cases you, you feel like your esteem is attached to accomplishments. You feel like the more I accomplish, the more successful I am. Sometimes the more you accomplish, the, the bigger, the more of a failure you are. Because if you're, if you're just constantly grinding, and you're miserable and your life is stressed out, is that really success? Is that really success? You know, my children, I encourage them to go on and if they desire to, you know, get um, uh, advanced degrees, masters and PhDs and all of that, I got one child I'm trying to uh, see if she wants to do her PhD, but I don't push it. I don't push it. Because at the end of the day, you have to be happy. You don't, I don't want you to live your life overloaded. I don't want you to feel like you have expectations of your father or whatever of, of the world that you have to live up to and overload yourself and make yourself miserable. That is not living. That is not living. Overloading yourself with unnecessary demands is one of, I think, the, the key ways that we um, mess with our own happiness. Sometimes you have to just pause for a minute, take a look at what you've accomplished, celebrate that, and stop feeling like you have to create a new set of goals because you just accomplished that. Enjoy the stuff you just accomplished. Breathe a little bit. You know, live a little bit. Give yourself time to just lounge around for a few days, you know. Take off, be able to take a vacation. You don't need to jump out of that then jump into something else because you're buying into this, this mindset, this culture that says, well, you're not succeeding if, if, if you're on vacation. If you're sleeping, you're not succeeding. You're miserably failing if you're not sleeping because you ain't gonna live long. Successful people don't sleep. And I mean, I get it, you know, you can't be lazy and be successful, but successful people, if they're really successful, do sleep. Because you should put your, you should take your self-care more seriously than you do your bottom line. You know, I, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have um, a three-figure lifespan than a seven-figure life. Did you catch that? I'd rather have a three-figure lifespan or close to it than to have a seven-figure life. If, if, if I had to swap the, 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 the million-dollar lifestyle for the, the hundred-year healthy, happy life, give me the hundred-year healthy, happy life. You can't get there if you're constantly living your life from an overloaded position. And there's some of you that I'm talking to right now. You are overloaded. I understand what it means to be overloaded. I've been there and I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to do that ever again. You know, we're getting ready to, in fact, we're reopening the churches now, the month of August. We're reopening all of the churches. Well, there was a schedule that I used to run that I'm not gonna run anymore. And all of, all of the churches are gonna have to understand that. It's important for me to live and jumping around from one church to another church and then getting on the airplane trying to get to this one and running through the airport. Uh -uh. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, sir. No, sir. No, no. I can't overload myself. Not when 
God has surrounded me with capable ministers that can help me, that can deliver the word. They're gifted to deliver the word, called to deliver the word just like me. And I'm going to overload myself because, you know, uh, I feel like I have this, 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 you know, God complex. I, it can't happen unless I'm there. Dun, 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 dun. That's a lie. That's a lie because there was no man that was greater than my father, the one that that, that I um, have succeeded. We moved on without the prophet, the man of God. You're going to move on when I'm gone, but that's going to be later than sooner because I'm not going to overload myself. And there's some of you who relate to that. You have lives where you feel like if I don't do it, it ain't going to get done. If you die, it's going to get done. And you're around here doing all of this stuff, but you're not happy because you're not rested because your mind is constantly wound tight like, you know, like a toy spring, like a jack in the box. That's where that's where your mind is. That's why we need so many of these drugs to help us to, to, to calm down and to go to sleep is because we live our lives and thinking we're doing something good from an overloaded position. Mark chapter four, verses 18 and 19 says, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, watch this, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in, all of this stuff we really don't need enters in, chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. The word of God is supposed to bring us into joy and happiness and peace, but because you have all of these cares and the, and, and, and the lust of other things and the deceitfulness of riches, and you've overloaded yourself unnecessarily, all the things that the word of God is supposed to naturally or supernaturally produce, these things are choked out. These things are choked out. Oh, praise the Lord. Now watch this. Watch this. I need you, I need you to literally Take inventory of your life and everything that is not really your responsibility, everything that is unnecessary, that is constantly piling weight on, I want you to eliminate it. You can improve your happiness just by lightening the load of your emotional, psychological, and even physical wagon. Now, number four. Number four, nursing anger. Just keeping that anger in your heart, that unforgiveness. I try to teach you all the time. Some of you feel like you are just entitled to the anger, not understanding that, you know, holding on to that anger. The, the, the illustration I use is like somebody stabbing you and you grabbing the blade to stop them and you're squeezing the blade, you're squeezing the blade, 
and, and it's constantly cutting through your hand even the more. You need to release the blade, turn your back on them, and go in the opposite direction as fast as you can. There are a lot of you who are not happy right now because you're nursing the anger like a babe in the bosom of its mother. You're nursing it. And the Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Here's the saddest thing. While you're, while you're, you're nursing the anger and it's keeping you unhappy, the condition it has you in is making everybody connected to you unhappy. Many are defiled. You're still angry with your dad or your mom and your children are paying the price for it because many are defiled. This, this thing about forgiveness and releasing people is more important than feeling like I have a right to be mad. I have a right to be angry. It's more, it's more significant than that. And then number five, overthinking and comparisons are making you unhappy. You overthink everything and then you compare yourself. These are really two different things, I suppose, but they go together. You overthink and you compare. You're always overthinking. And then you compare yourself to the people you may esteem, people you may think are you know, at this level or at that level, and you can't see yourself there. And then you compare yourself. You know, learning to love yourself, self-love, self-love. And you know what, you know what self-love boils down to, you know, is this, and I want you to hear me, Self-love boils down to loving you, taking care of you, accepting you, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and approving of you, the version of you that is striving to get it right, being able to celebrate you and approve of yourself. You're, you'll never be perfect, but as long as you're perfecting, being able to approve of you, being able, watch this, here's self-love as well, to being able to focus on you and not everyone else. When you love yourself, you're, you're faithful to yourself. In other words, I'm so in love with me, like Christ is in love with, I love God, then I love myself, then I love my neighbor as I love myself. I love myself so much I approve of myself so much. I accept myself so much that I'm faithful to me. It's like a marriage. When, when a man loves a woman, he'll be faithful to her. When a woman loves a man, she'll be faithful to him. She, she, she won't be looking around. He won't have wandering eyes looking around at every other woman because he loves his wife. He'll be faithful to her. And so when you love you, you stop looking at other people and, and focused on other people. You love you so much, you're focused on you. You're in competition with no one but the best version of you. 
So you're not overthinking and you're not comparing yourself to what he has or what she has. Comparisons draw us into a life of competition. And as long as you're competing, you can never really be happy. You have to learn to be content with such things as God has given to you. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 10 and 12 says, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. You can't compare yourself to anybody else because you are a unique individual with a unique purpose for being here, with a unique set of skills. And it's when you learn to look in and you stop overthinking life and you stop comparing yourself, wondering what people think, what does it matter? You gotta love you enough that you, your approval of you is enough approval. And then number six, complaining. You're messing with your happiness when you're constantly complaining. And I've, what I've discovered in my observation of people is that complaining has just become a habit for a lot of you. You can be in the ideal situation, blessed beyond measure, and find a reason to just complain. Ah, you're just griping about everything. The facial expressions you use, like you really have a problem and here you sitting there with this scowl on your face and it's because the people told you, you gotta wait 10 minutes to get a table at a five-star restaurant. You're complaining. I ain't never had to wait. Like, I ain't never had to wait. Well, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I know some people think it's over, but we are still in the middle of a pandemic. You know, some people, have, some people are sick, a lot of folk have died. Wait staffs are not as, um, you know, uh, abundant as they used to be. People don't necessarily want to work. They got a few dollars now, and they think that, that little, those pennies are going to last forever. That's for those of you sitting at home, don't want to go get a job because the government sent you a few dollars. I don't mean to get off my subject, but you need to go back to work. But, you know, things are backed up, and you got to wait. 10 minutes, and let me talk to the manager. What you want to talk to the manager for? You ain't the only one in the line. Everybody ain't asking for the manager. These other folks sitting around here having a good, wholesome, healthy, happy conversation. You're the only one around here feeling entitled and complaining. And you usually complain when you feel entitled. You are entitled to nothing. You're entitled to nothing. Everything is by the grace of God. And I refuse to live my life complaining and frankly, I don't have time for people who are always complaining. They are miserable. They live like that. They live like that. And you go to, you know, you go to looking at them, it's kind of like you go to looking at them and you're around them and you find yourself doing that. And you don't know why you're doing that. One of the Bible says, make no friendship with an angry man, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to your own soul. 
And the Bible says finally in Philippians 2 and 14, do all things without murmurings and disputings. If you can't do it without complaining, stay home and don't do it. Because your complaining is making you miserable. You can't be happy and complaining at the same time. So stop messing with your own happiness. And I know that this is one that may require part two because there's so many other things that we are doing on a daily basis that are messing with our happiness. You are the cause of your miserable state of being, my friend. Because when you choose to be happy, it doesn't matter what the world throws at you. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. When you choose to be happy, you'll be happy. And so I pray that you got something out of this. I really, really do. I really do. And so um, I want you right now to just pray with me. Father, I thank you. Come on, repeating after me. For life. Father, I thank you for health and strength. I thank you that I am blessed to see another day. I thank you for helping me to control my mind, allowing me to see when I am the source of my own misery. Holy Spirit, help me to change and teach me to be happy in whatever state I'm in, in Jesus' name. Listen, I hope that you got something out of this. I really do. I want to thank all of you that consistently sow into the ministry. I love you with all of my heart. And I want to say to those of you that um, uh, have not gone to my website, rcblakes.com, to sign up for my mailing list, do that now. Check out all of my books on Amazon. And uh, just know that we love you with all of our hearts. We here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you for spending this time with us today. R.C. and Lisa are always honored to have you with us. Don't forget to reach out to us by visiting our website at www.rcblakes.com. While you're there, you may join our mailing list and receive a free download of The Laws of Manifesting Your Vision by R.C. Blakes. Also look at all of the online programs by R.C. You may find all books written by R.C. and Lisa. Once again, all of us here at R.C. Blakes Ministries want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And as we always say, see you at the top. Hello, hello, hello. This is R.C. Blakes, and I have a very, very special opportunity that I want to uh, make known to you. There's this thing that God has given me. It's the it's next level uh, ministry. 
It's called the Mordecai Mission. It's exclusively for women. Uh, and it's a group mentoring program that's limited to a select number of women because it's very personal and I make myself personally available to this group for 12 weeks. Each week we will meet by Zoom and our meetings are usually about two hours inclusive of uh, my teachings and uh, the Q&A. We send out uh, binders for you to keep all of the, all of the, the lessons that we will teach over the 12 weeks. Uh, there are worksheets for you to follow along with me. We have team members on the Zoom. If you miss something, they'll help you to uh, get the information that you need. And at the end of the 12 weeks, you'll have everything we talked about in the Mordecai binder. Now, the, the program is broken up into three sections, inner healing, self-discovery, self-development. It's the Mordecai mission. I call it the Mordecai mission because Queen Esther was really the cousin to Mordecai. Esther didn't have the benefit of a father. So Mordecai had to uh, step in and become the parental or the paternal substitute for Esther. He trained her and he raised her up. And you know the story. She went on to walk and to live out, to actualize her queendom. And Mordecai was her teacher. So I view myself as the Mordecai in the lives of the women that have been a part of the Mordecai mission. And I'm inviting you to be a part of it if this is something that you're ready for. This is not for everyone. You know, some people get enough just from YouTube, social media, Sunday sermons. But then there's that woman that says, no, I need to dig deeper. I need more access. I need to be able to ask questions. If that's you, I want you to check it out today. Now, seats are very, 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 very limited. I can only take so many because this is a very personal, up close, I'm available to you type meeting. We're not on a clock. I'm, I'm sitting there from week to week, session to session, and I'm answering all of the questions and I'm pouring out of my heart. So I would love to see you in the next Mordecai mission if this works for you. God bless you. I love you. And Lisa and I would love to see you in the Mordecai mission.